0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show podcast. Great to have you with us here again today. Hey, this is Matt Breckwald, and it is my pleasure to have on Tim Reed, the founder of wi Fire, and the host of the FireTime podcast. We're going to be talking all about fireplaces, about everything heating-related in your home and, and everywhere else today. So, Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Hey, thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you inviting me.
0: You bet. I am already fascinated with what you do. So so if I understand this correctly, you founded the company Wi-Fi, which we're going to learn more about here in a second, and you also started your very own podcast about fireplaces.
1: That's right. You know, if it couldn't get any more niche and nerdy than um, creating a program to help people, you know, find the right fireplace, I had to create a podcast to talk about how to help people find the right fireplace, too. <laughs>
0: that is great. How... So how frequently does your podcast air?
1: You know, we do a couple seasons a year. And so we, we, we have one season that always starts on the Tuesday after Labor Day, and that will go for generally three to four months. And then we have a national trade show every year in March. And we always have the beginning of um, the next season start with a live episode of the trade show and then go for another three, four months after that.
0: That is really cool. So you, uh, you are the go-to person. You are the fireplace specialist. I guess so. (laughs) That is great. Now, what is Wi-Fi? Tell everybody what that is.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. So my background, I've been in the industry now for about 15 years. And I got into the fireplace industry by accident, which a lot of people do, as as an installer. So I did some install work and some service work for my father-in-law, who owned a small company in Corvallis, Oregon. And I fell in love with the industry. And over the years, I started doing sales and, and management and some leadership work. And what everything came down to was that it's really hard to buy a fireplace or a stove because what happens is we don't buy these things very often. I mean, you think about a wood stove, mm-hmm. those things last for like 20, 30 years. And so because we don't buy them that often, it's, it's very difficult to try to figure out what should I spend? Is this, is this the right model for me? There's complexity where there's, there's vent pipe, there's clearances to combustibles, and there's real safety at risk if, if we make the wrong call or, or work with the wrong company. And so as I went into sales jobs and eventually management jobs, I got to the point where I was managing five retail showrooms in the Portland, Oregon, and Seattle markets. And we threw everything that we had into, how do we make it really easy for somebody that has genuine questions to get them answered? And we built a, a pretty good process. And when people would come in, we could ask the right questions up front. We could show them the options that would work for them, provide them an easy and fair price. And if they wanted to move forward, we could take care of that. And as we started to develop this, we, we just thought, you know, there's a, way to, there's a way to actually put this on the Internet to help businesses all over the country make it easier for both their team members and their customers to get their questions answered.
0: Okay. And and so you so how how are you affiliated and we'll just use D&B Supply as our example. So what's your relationship with D&B and, and how does that all work together?
1: Yeah, so I got put in touch with D&B through one of their fireplace suppliers. And basically, they're a company that has, you know, all kinds of locations around the the Idaho and and kind of eastern Oregon area, mm-hmm. and they were just looking for a way to just provide better customer service and streamline Helping people with the fireplace. So, as the fireplace manufacturer that connected us, they knew that I built this program that could, you know, make sure that the the right questions get asked, the right fireplaces get shown, and it's been a really awesome partnership so far.
0: So, is Y-Fire then is that helping to train folks at DNB in terms of how to answer these questions and to recommend the right fireplaces for people?
1: Yeah, it's kind of all of the above. So fireplaces have a lot of variables to them and we could just take a situation and actually, Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot later. And we're going to, we're going to build a quote for for the, whatever fireplace you're going to be putting in your house, okay. but fireplaces have all these variables to them. And take like a wood stove, for instance, you know, there's the variable of heat output. Am I looking to have a wood stove that burns overnight? Do I have a one story house or a two story house? Is this wood stove on the inside wall or an outside wall? we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg on some of these variables. Mm -hmm. And for a team member that is coming into the industry fresh, it can be really, really hard to remember the right questions to ask and based on the answers the customer has, recommend the correct product. So Wi-Fi is actually a both and, where it's intended for a a team member to just make sure that the right questions are asked up front so we can show people the products that will genuinely work for their space. But it's also meant for a consumer to be able to you know, go onto the DNB website, click on a link that says Get My Estimate, and be able to answer some basic questions about their home. And based on all those variables, have Wi-Fiers say, hey, based on your specific situation, here's the models that could work just for you.
0: Oh, excellent. Okay. Excellent. So you can just go on there, you can describe your specific circumstance, and it tells you these, these are what's going to work for you.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And and it was funny, you know, I, the, this was built for me just out of the out of the pain of seeing like there were so many customers that would come in after going from you know store to store to store that would just say, "I'm so confused. Can somebody just please help me answer my questions?" And I think that what happens a lot of the time in our industry is that we get people that are they're really smart and they know fireplaces. They've been doing it for thirty years, but the problem is that. On on like a knowledge scale, they might be at a nine or a ten when it comes to fireplaces. Mm -hmm. But a customer coming in is a one or a two because it's unfamiliar. And it's not that they're stupid or anything. It's just that you know if I'm going in to buy something that I'm not familiar with, I need that expert to be able to Mm -hmm. speak to me in a way that is relevant and that I understand and can actually help me grow in my knowledge base. And so, just seeing how many people came in frustrated and confused about a project like a wood stove or a fireplace that can make their life so much better. Basically, we just said, hey, we think we've figured this out for what okay. to do in the showroom, and we think there's a way to, to build this so that could actually help a bunch of people.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, so here we are. We're approaching another another season. Uh, it's coming up on us very quickly where we're going to be heating our homes, and we want to help people who are listening figure out you know, what is going to be the right fit for them. So how should we start? Yeah. Where, 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 where do you begin with something like that?
1: Oh, it's such a good question. You know, it, it always starts with me wanting to ask some questions of whoever is looking to put, you know, the stove or fireplace or or insert into their home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, I think that there's, there's, a, there's a couple of principles for me that, that really shape the conversation. And I think that one of them has to do with the idea of central heating in a home mm-hmm. versus zone heating. And that's kind of a complicated term. But basically, you know, if anybody's got a house with a furnace system in it, that's a central heat model. So the good, the good thing about central heat is that if my house is cold, I can turn up my thermostat and my whole house gets warm. Right. But the bad thing is that if I'm in my living room and I'm a little cool and I want my living room to get three degrees warmer, if I turn up the thermostat, my entire house is being heated up just to heat up the living room that I'm in. And that mm-hmm. would be like every time I wash my hands in the kitchen and turn on the faucet, if every faucet in the entire house and my garden, you know, the hoses outside – all turned on. That's sure. not an efficient use of energy. So I think that the cool thing is that no matter what someone's looking at, whether they want to burn wood or gas or pellets, we're moving to a zone heating model where you can use your central heat to make sure the house doesn't freeze, which is terrific. That's what it's for. But you can actually heat the spaces that you're in and don't worry about heating the spaces where you're not. Okay. Okay. And that's where we want to start. I think I think from there we, we probably want to get into what fuel type does somebody want to burn? There's, there's the option of burning wood. There's the option of burning pellets or burning gas. And, and a subset of gas could be propane. Mm-hmm. And we probably want to ask about which one of those is going to be best for you. And, and that's going to start the conversation.
0: Okay. Now, can I go back to the zone heating idea for a moment? Sure. Okay. Because that's a very interesting idea to me. So my home, and I know you said you're going to use me as an example here coming up. So my yeah. home, we have central heat. Uh, and we have a pellet stove. Now, this okay. is this is the first home that I've owned where we did not have wood heat. So this is the third house that my wife and I have owned, and the first two, we we actually installed wood-burning stoves in both of them. When we bought them, they didn't have that. We put them in. They were freestanding, and uh, that's how we heated the home. I really, really enjoy heating a home that way. Now, yeah. the home we're in now, when we bought it, it had a pellet stove already in it, we looked at, and that's on an outer wall, and we looked at putting a wood-burning insert into that spot. However, to bring everything up to code was going to be very expensive, so we yeah. we upgraded pellet stoves, essentially. And we're very, very satisfied and happy with the pellet stove that we have now, but I still miss the wood heat. And, yeah. and, and when you talk about the zone heating idea, we've got basically four places in the house where we spend all our time during the winter i've got my studio yeah my daughter has her bedroom we have our bedroom and then we have downstairs the living room kitchen area and so when you're yeah. talking about how do you how do you deal with zone heating from your perspective when when we're talking about four areas out of a out of a house that says got eight or nine rooms
1: yeah th- no it's a great question i love that we're breaking this down so of those, let, let's just break down the three spaces. We've got the studio, we have bedrooms, and then we have kind of the main living area kitchen. And if that's where the majority of your time is spent, let's say that's, you know, let's just call that 100% of the time in the house for round mm-hmm. numbers. What percentage of that time do you think is spent in the living room and kitchen?
0: I would say 40. Of your waking
1: living, of your waking living hours?
0: Uh, 40% of the time.
1: Okay. And how much time do you spend in your studio?
0: Uh, my waking living hours would be the other sixty percent. Well, except I'm outside feeding cattle and doing stuff like that. But when I'm in the house, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, that'd be about sixty percent. And then when when my okay. when my wife and daughter get home from work and from school, then we're all together and it's the living room kitchen area.
1: Yeah. Okay. This is a perfect situation. So I think the things that I would think about would be that. In, in many homes, that living kitchen area is where people spend the bulk of time. And actually, in, in, in there's studies show that in a lot of homes, it's like 60 to 70% of the waking hours are spent in that living room kitchen area. And that's usually where the fireplace is going to be. What, what I would say when it comes to bedrooms, usually people are in their bedrooms mostly for the purposes of sleeping. Right. And so usually bedrooms can be cooler. What what I found generally is if you've got a fireplace or an insert or a a stove, say, I'm just imagining downstairs in your central living area, the beauty of that is that that's going to be able to heat the bulk of that space and kind of create a comfort zone there. So you don't have to overwork your furnace to heat it. Mm -hmm. You're able to use, you know, that product to create a comfort zone. What you can do, though, if you want to bring extra warmth into your studio during the day, I mean – It's probably not practical to put a wood stove in your studio or in your daughter's bedroom. But if your home has central heating, what you can do is just kick on the central fan. So what you can now do is start through your cold air return in your house, start pulling that warm air all throughout the house. And I actually had some cousins that did this. They lived in Vancouver, Washington. And they had a ranch house, maybe 1,500 square feet. It was like a giant L. And they had a, a wood-burning insert on one far end of the L, and all their bedrooms and living space were on the other, where they spend most of their time. Okay. And the insert would get real hot, and on, the, on that that far end of the home, it would stay real warm. As soon as they turned on that central fan, their cold air return was located in the same room, and it just started pumping that heat throughout the whole rest of the house. But it's energy that you've already consumed and it's already there in the house.
0: Okay. Very good. So it's recirculating all of that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay, now I know I got you off – of the, uh, the direction you were going, you were moving on to which type of fuel do you want to burn?
1: Oh yeah. You know, I think that it's really important to think about this and one's not right and one's not wrong. It really just depends on lifestyle. But if you're trying to figure out what's going to be best for me, I mean, start with wood burning, right? I mean, Matt, you're real familiar with that mm-hmm. wood burning. I mean, the beauty of it is that it's truly God's fuel. I mean, it's renewable, it's super clean burning. I mean, the stoves now are cleaner than ever you chop it on your terms, you burn it when you want heat, you don't burn it when you don't need heat. I mean, it, it is truly living on your own terms. And, and that can't be argued with for someone that that has lived with wood heat. I mean, wood heat is largely radiant. And that's a term we don't we don't always use very often. But there's kind of two kinds of heat, there's radiant heat versus convective heat. Mm-hmm. And radiant heat is kind of like when it's a sunny day outside, and there's no clouds. You know, you can be out in a, in a t shirt when it's 50 degrees outside because the radiant warmth that is coming in from the sun and it warms up objects where convective heat is blown in with a fan. And so that would kind of be like the furnace system in your house that, that somewhere in your garage, a furnace is heating up and that a fan is pushing that, that air around. Mm-hmm. And there's pros and cons to each one. Radiant heat is generally going to heat objects. So like if you've got a wood stove in your main room, your couches over time are going to start to get warm your floors are going to start to get warm. And then when you sit down on that couch, it's like being wrapped up in a blanket. Mm -hmm. But radiant heat takes a lot longer to move because it's slowly, 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 slowly heating up these objects. Convective heat moves really quickly, but convective heat heats air. So, like, if you want to heat a large amount of space very quickly, you use convective heat. You put a fan in front of that thing, and you start pumping. But that's generally going to heat the air in a room not the objects where I'm going with all that is that there's nothing like the radiant heat that comes off of a wood stove. I mean, the room will literally feel like you're standing in a blanket because the, because the objects are being warmed.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Pellet fuel like you have now is almost the opposite where it's largely convective and there's very little radiant heat. And what's cool about that is that you can heat a very large space very quickly, but it is different. I mean, you talked about the difference between the wood and the pellet heat. While, while both rooms might be 70 degrees, when you sit down on your couch in a room with a pellet stove, your couch is not warmed up the same way as it would be if there was a wood stove in there. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I've got it.
1: So what's, So wood burning is awesome, but it's, it's labor intensive. It's time intensive. Pellet's kind of the best of both worlds where you are still burning wood. I mean, a pellet is basically just like compressed sawdust that you're burning it's it's unbelievable the the technology that we that we use for it Mm -hmm. and it's really simple but pellets i mean it gives you a lot of convenience you can set a thermostat you can turn it from high to medium to low i mean with a lot of wood stoves if you get too hot you know you you better throw on a swimsuit because that that thing that thing staying warm for a while but with a pellet stove you get all kinds of convenience of heat on your terms and even though you sacrifice a little bit with radiant heat there's a ton that it makes up for in convenience. I mean, for me, I, I, you know, 15 years ago, I was in a classic bachelor situation where I lived with like five guys in a tiny house to, you know, have everybody pay $150 a month in rent. Mm-hmm. And our furnace went out and we put in a pellet stove, and it was unbelievable how convenient it was. And, and it was, a, it was a great source of heat. So, so what is the tried and true warmth on your terms? Pellet is going to be reliant on the fuel. Pellet stoves also do take outside power, mm-hmm. but you get unbelievable convenience. If, if, if you don't want to mess with the hassle of chopping and splitting and cutting wood, pellet's an amazing way to go. Gas is just the ultimate convenience play. If you live in a, in a suburban area where there's natural gas piped to your house, it's pretty hard to argue with it because gas is very, very inexpensive in most markets. It operates with, in a power outage. And it, it, it's just the ultimate convenience of instant warmth when you want it. You can turn the fireplace off you know, at the same time, and, and it's, it's just a great source of heat. Kind of a misnomer that, that people think about is they say, well, if I have a gas furnace, why would a gas fireplace or a gas stove help me? And, and it goes back to the central heat versus creating the comfort zone analogy that we started this interview with okay. that basically – like at my house, for instance, I live in Portland – and my furnace in the garage is a natural gas furnace, and, and it burns, you know, probably around like 100,000 BTUs an hour. And BTUs, a, it's a technical term, and it's a, it's a unit of measurement, but basically the important thing to know is that every BTU that you burn, you get charged for it on your gas bill. Okay. So, you know, every, every hour that I burn my furnace, it, it's burned about 100,000 BTUs an hour. The beauty is that because I've got a gas fireplace in my living room, that gas fireplace on high burns 30,000 BTUs an hour. And on low, burns 15,000 BTUs an hour. And what I found is that even when I turn that thing on low, I can heat up my entire kitchen, living room, office space on 15,000 BTUs an hour. So rather than burning my furnace at 100,000 and heating every square foot of my house that I'm not in, I can burn, I mean, what's that? Not quite a tenth, but about an eighth of what my furnace is, heat the space that I'm in, and save a ton on my gas bill.
0: Interesting. Okay. So... And that's interesting too. I did not realize that gas stoves would operate when the power is out, when there's no electricity.
1: Yeah. You know, it, there's there's different ways that they do it. Some of them don't actually require any type of battery backup whatsoever. Most of them now just require four AA batteries. So like in our home, mm-hmm. we've got four AA's. We have two fireplaces in our house. And, and one of them in our living room has got four AA's. The other one up in our bonus room has got the same thing. And and we can generally get two to three weeks of consistent use in a power outage. So I mean, if you lose power for more than two to three weeks, you, you probably got bigger problems. Yeah. But basically, as long as you got some AA batteries handy, that gas fireplace or stove is going to keep you super warm. And
0: what are the batteries powering? Is it uh, like what? Is it a powering a fan or is it something different?
1: No, it's powering the ignition system. So so years and years ago, you know, twenty years ago. Gas stoves and fireplaces had a pilot light, pretty right. similar to like if you go out in your garage and look at the, the blue pilot light for your furnace that's always burning, mm-hmm. that's the way that they operated. And the beauty is that when you have a consistent pilot light, that actually creates enough energy to allow the stove to turn on and off and function. The downside of it is that you're burning gas 24 hours a day. And so we found that, you know, a pilot light could, you, you could spend, it depends on your gas rates, but you could spend anywhere from 150 to 200 bucks a year just keeping that pilot light going, even during the times where you didn't use the fireplace. Okay. So be- because of energy efficiency, manufacturers have started moving towards a pilot on demand, where, you know, there's no reason to burn a pilot light when you don't need to stay warm. So instead, let's only operate the pilot light when you need warmth but that means that we we don't have that consistent heat available to provide our energy and we have to have a battery spark to get mm-hmm. that initial pilot going.
0: Got it. Okay. Very good. And so when you're when you're running a gas stove with no external power, then it's radiant heat only, is that correct?
1: That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. And when you kick on when you kick on the fan system, you're going to start to push some convective heat.
0: Got it. Okay. And I mean, when you talk about the ultimate convenience factor, you probably got a remote control or something like that. You press a button, you get the heat you want out of your gas stove.
1: Yeah. And this is going to be true with pellet stoves as well. That what's, What I love doing in our bonus room, it's where I go hang out in the morning. It's where I've got my studio for my podcast. And what I'll do in the morning is I'll just kick that remote on, set it for 70 degrees, and just go put it on my desk. And wherever that remote control is, that is the marker that the fireplace or the stove is is looking at to maintain temperature.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So then we've talked about fuel type. Uh, we've talked about spatial heating. What's the next step for somebody to to decide what they should be getting?
1: You know, I think I think the next one is going to be lifestyle. Okay. So when when you think about this. We, we've we talked about the central heat versus zone heating, and that's a really important conversation. But if you're somebody who wants to live off the grid, you may not want a central heater because, or may not have a central heater. You might need a wood stove or a pellet stove that can truly heat an entire house mm-hmm. because you, you don't want to be you know, a slave to natural gas. You don't want to deal with propane, whatever the situation is. So I think lifestyle is a really big one. And the question I always like to ask is, is this a main source of heat for your house? Where like you're not relying on a furnace, even if you have a furnace, you're not relying on it. This is the main sole source of heat, or is this something that is a backup source of heat? That you know we've got our central furnace and that does a fine job, but we want something when there's no power just to be able to keep our space warm. And then the third category would be: is this just really for decoration and ambiance? And you know, again, like one's not right, one's not wrong, but there's people all over the board. And, and, and what I've found, there's there's nothing worse. You know, if you're if you're looking for something that's going to be decoration and ambiance, there's nothing worse than buying a fireplace that pumps out so much heat, you never get to use it. Or you can leave it on for 10 minutes, you're too hot. You know, but vice versa, if you're looking to heat an entire house with a wood stove or a pellet stove, we better make, make sure that thing is sized right and that that, that that product is made to do what you're asking for. So I think figuring out the lifestyle of is this a main source of heat? Is this a backup source of heat? Or is this really just for the decoration and the ambiance that I get? Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Very good. And so then once you make that determination, that's going to dictate the size of the unit you're putting in.
1: Yeah. That's going to dictate a lot of it. I mean, from there, we can go into some questions and when we actually walk through the, the estimate process here in a second, I'm going to ask you some more questions, but that's going to frame the conversation. I mean, the analogy that I think about when it comes to a fireplace, and this is, this is really true with a lot of things in life, is that there's a lot of variables. And I think about the analogy that Michelangelo talked about when, when he carved the statue of David. And he, and, and he said that, that David always existed inside the block of marble. He just had to scrape away enough of the marble to get to David. And that's the mm-hmm. way I look at this when I'm talking to clients is that there is a perfect fireplace for them. But right now, I'm looking, at a, I'm looking at a square block, and every question that I ask, I'm scraping away a little bit and a little bit and a little bit until we got the perfect fireplace sitting there.
0: Got oh, it. No, that's a great way of putting it.
1: Well, okay. And, and I guess, Matt, what I would say is just real quick the, the questions that we just went through of the, the fuel type, lifestyle, and everything there, mm-hmm. what, those are the big questions that are going to get us close. Like, we've, we've, we've now determined the state and the city. We have actually even determined the neighborhood. The remaining questions are much more tactical where we're figuring out the street. And, and and we might find that there's a disconnect where where what we want might be a monster fireplace that we can use to heat our entire home. But let's just say that we're going to be sliding this into an existing brick fireplace that's in place. Right. We may not have the dimensions to accommodate that. So, so there's kind of a combination in play of, of what's the ideal that we want. And then what's the situation that we're in? And if there's, a, if there's a disconnect there, how can we get as close as possible to what somebody wants based on the situation that they have?
0: Okay, very good. Well, let, so you want to do an estimate and use me as the example. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I just got to say, we haven't, we haven't tested this. I mean, I hope it goes right. Or you're the guinea pig.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's give it a shot.
1: Perfect. So, okay, Matt, so you talked about how you've got a freestanding stove. So I'm assuming this thing sits on four legs. It sits on some type of a tile or a, a slate hearth pad. And you mentioned it vents right at the back window.
0: No, I'm sorry. I, in my first two homes, we put in two, a freestanding wood stove in each of those homes, but the, the one we're in now, it has, it, it had an existing fireplace. The previous owners pulled out Everything to do with the existing fireplace, put in a pellet stove, and then we would love to go back to wood heat. but in the meantime, we have just upgraded the pellet stove. So now we have a pellet stove that runs up through the old uh, the old flue uh, for the fireplace that the house was originally built with and it's it's an insert that's in that fireplace area on an external wall.
1: Awesome, okay, I'm so glad you said that. So I just I just pulled open um, the DNB supply scenarios page. So basically when, when someone goes to the DND website and they're looking at the fireplace section, they're gonna be able to click a link that says something to the effect of of get my estimate. And the first thing that it asks is what's your situation? And basically the situations we could have would be a blank wall, there's nothing there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We could have an existing open fireplace, something that was you know at one point intended to burn wood. We could have an existing built-in gas fireplace that was like framed in with the construction of the house or we could have a freestanding wood stove or an outdoor space based on what you told me. It sounds like you've got an open fireplace. Yes. Perfect. Well, let's do that. So let's, let's talk about some information and some dimensions that are going to help us see what works. So I'm going to ask you, do you know how wide your fireplace is across the front?
0: I'm going to give you just an estimate. I'm going to say it's 30 inches. Okay. Now, if I, give you a, if I give you a number that sounds outlandish, you tell me, and I'll, re, I'll redo my estimate. But go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, 30 is pretty small. I'd say typical is 36, but we can still punch in 30.
0: Uh, just do 36, because I don't think it's that small of an opening. So, yeah, just do 36. Okay,
1: okay. Now, you may not be able to tell this, because your fireplace probably probably covers the opening, but fireplaces will generally taper back. And if you want to we can even we can even input the dimension of what that width is in the back mm-hmm. but I would say if you if your fireplace is 36 inches across the front you're probably, it probably probably tapers back to about thirty. How tall do you think your fireplace opening is?
0: I would say it's probably twenty four inches does that sound Perfect. right
1: That's very standard yeah, it's very standard okay. how How deep do you think it is if you had to guess like if you were outside the house looking at how deep your chimney went, you think it's a couple feet deep?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then of course, and you're right about it tapering. Um, you know, it does taper in the back end there.
1: Yeah. Now what fuel do you want to burn with your new insert? You want to stick with pellets? You want to go wood, gas?
0: Ideally I'd want to go to wood.
1: Okay, cool. And you mentioned your fireplace is on an outside wall. That's correct. If you were to go outside and look at your chimney, is that chimney made made of bricks going all the way up or is it sided like the rest of your house or do you not know?
0: It is sided like the rest of the house.
1: Perfect. Okay. That's called a factory built chimney. We've actually got a question that explains exactly what I just told you. Okay. Now, is your roof steep to walk on? I'm going to give you three options here. If if I ask you, is your roof steep to walk on? Are you going to say, no, it's simple to walk on. I can walk on it, but it's not easy. Or I can't walk on it.
0: I'm going to answer that with a scenario. When we first bought this place, I put Christmas lights up there and it yes. sca- scared me so much they're still up there. I've never taken them down. <laughs>
1: so, I'm going to say that's an I can't walk on it.
0: I can walk I can crawl on it, but it still makes me <laughs> yeah. makes me scared.
1: How many stories is your house? 2. 2, okay? What style would you say it is? Is it like a traditional home? Is it more modern or kind of somewhere in the middle?
0: Boy, I don't know how to answer that. Let's go somewhere in the middle. Okay.
1: And the last question I'm going to ask you is, do you have anything in your fireplace already? And you mentioned that there is an existing stove inside of there right now.
0: Yeah. Pellet stove. In there so now.
1: We, we've taken some time to do this, but you know, if you're, if you're on the internet looking, you can, you can answer these questions pretty quickly, usually in like 20, 30 seconds. If you've got a tape measure in front of your fireplace, the next thing is that you've actually got the ability to even upload pictures of your scenario. So, so Matt, if you were on this website, you could actually just click the button, upload a photo, and it would open up the camera on your smartphone. You could just snap a photo of what you've got and upload both that and a picture of your chimney so that the team member at DNB could actually just take a look to verify everything. Excellent. The last thing I'm going to ask you is what's your zip code?
0: 83634.
1: Okay, awesome. So I just hit the submit button, and what this is telling me is it says, based on all of your measurements here are the fireplaces that will work just for you. So essentially what's happened is we're able to look at, you know, everything that's there and just find out, you know, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? What, what I'm going to do in just a second is I'm going to send you a bid for one of them, but basically the models that are going to work for you is going to be in quadrifiers line. And if you want to put in a wood burning fireplace, it's going to be the Expedition 2. That's going to be, that's going to be the model.
0: And oh, Well, thank you for that. And I, I should have been more specific. We would love to go to a fireplace insert. Uh, or not a fire, excuse yep. me, a wood-burning stove insert. Is that a possibility?
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. All right, Matt. So I'm taking a look at the Quadrifire Expedition 2. This is actually an awesome model that Quadrifire recently came out with and I'm going to click on the link right here that says email my estimate, but there's one question you got to answer first. This fireplace can come with a standard flat metal backing plate to trim it off, or it can have a more elaborate, intricate cast iron one. Do you think the style of your house is going to be more kind of traditional and cast iron, or do you think just something clean and and plain is going to be best for you?
0: Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I love cooking on cast iron, so I'm going to say cast iron.
1: Okay, cool. And what's awesome with this too is that when you're looking at the stove, every time you change the option, you'll be able to see an updated picture of what it looks like. Okay, it's asking for your name and your email address, Matt. What's a good email to send this estimate to?
0: mbreckwald at dbsupply.com.
1: Okay, awesome. So that just sent to you. And so probably in the next 10, 15 seconds as we're talking here, you're actually going to see an email come through with that fireplace. I can see it on my end. Because it I, it populates a little bit quicker on my end than yours, uh-huh. but basically, what this is going to do is it's going to say, you know, based on your situation, this fireplace is going to cost in a range of X to Y.
0: Okay, yeah, I've got the email. Here it is. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, that is great, man. What a what a great way to do this.
1: Yeah, you know what? What we looked at as we as we built this thing was. You know, the, the questions are complex, and there absolutely should be a human involved in this to, to look at the fine-tuning and just to make sure, hey, this is the right fit. But when you're doing your initial search, it, it really is important just to figure out a ballpark. You know, can I afford this thing? Is this a $2,000, a 5000 or a $20,000 purchase? It's really helpful to get that information. Right. And so that's what we want to be able to provide.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Well, that is so great. So people can just go right over to the DNB Supply website and do this for their own homes.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. It's going to walk them through just a series of questions and show them the options that will work for them. And they can essentially get estimate after estimate after estimate until they find the one that's going to be in their budget. And uh, and with every estimate, there's actually a link to see all the d and locations that have fireplaces and stoves on display so uh-huh. they can go in and talk to a, an expert firsthand.
0: Yeah, and instead, I mean, because I'm that way too. I mean, the picture will come and I'll look at the picture. I'll go, that looks great. But there's something about seeing it in 3D, walking up to it and being able to actually look at it there on the showroom floor. Yeah. That's fantastic. Tim, this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this with us.
1: Hey, my pleasure, Matt. You know, I think fireplaces are one of those things that I'm biased. I'm, I'm, I'm a total fireplace nerd. But I just think about, like, it's transformed my family. And I mean, if you've had two wood stoves in the past, it's done the same for you. I mean, there's a lifestyle to warming to people that you love up this way and i think that it's really cool just to help people with that so it's been my pleasure i'm glad to be here today
0: well everybody that just could not be simpler so thanks to tim reed the founder of Wi fire and the host of fire time for coming on and sharing all of that with us and we hope that helps you out in selecting that perfect you know gas wood or pellet stove for your home and as always enjoy your western lifestyle however you define it